That's right. Like ice. That's it. Could kill my pain. Your thrill. Okay. So, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is a Tuesday night. But your lips are venomous. Poison. Little Alice Cooper. We're going to be checking in on Alice Cooper again a little bit. Last time we spoke about Alice Cooper, he had just lost a makeup deal because he spoke the truth about uh, childhood mutilation and the, the very dangerous psychological fad that transgenderism has become. And it's not just culture. It's also chemical. Let's be honest. Again, for no reason. Just, just keep being honest with each other. Guys, I don't want to talk about it too much tonight. I don't want to talk about that. We have other great things to do. I want to shake off the 9-11 hangover that always happens. A lot of emotion, a lot of anger, a lot of a lot of reminders of just uh, how how many layers of crap we're buried under right now, and what kind of a uh, what kind of work we have ahead of us to to remake the world and to to fertilize the the soil for future generations. So uh, I want to do a few random news items, some of them serious, some of them not so much, but all good for discussion. And then we're going to break from a very cherished norm, and we're going to visit uh, an August tradition in September for the first time, and that is the deer scene. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to say we'll do it next year. And this just happened to be the perfect night for it because we have a little bit extra time. Uh, Band practice is not going to be starting at 8 o'clock. It's going to be starting around 8.30, so we have about 90 minutes or so. And um, and that'll be a short practice because we're putting together, we're just putting together some uh, playlists uh, for our, our sets that we're going to be performing, not only for you. We have a, I want to do a couple of live stream tune-ups for a virtual audience over the next month or so. Because I believe we are about to take a gig in Jersey City for a uh, one of Anthony's pretty popular uh, friends who's on tour now. And uh, he's like big on TikTok, big on YouTube, and he's on tour now. And um, I think we're going to be taking a November 4th opening, uh, opening act slot. I'll tell you all about that for everybody in the tri-state area who may want to come out and see us rock out. Anyway, we're going to need some tuning up. So we're plotting tonight, and uh, everything else will happen as it does. Anywho, that's what we're going to be going on on with tonight. A little bit of deer scene, because we have extra time for calls and to read through this wonderful thread that's been building for the last however many weeks. Tomorrow, we have great in-studio guests. That is Frank Pellegrino and Chrissy Mayer. My good friends, my local friends, we go back a long way. They'll be in-studio again, hanging with me. Who knows what comes up? I have a couple of different things that we can go to, a couple of threads that are now building, and I think that uh, I'm going to go through those after the intro because I would love to get this audience involved in building up some of those uh, those threads. I think one of them might be good for tomorrow night. I'll tell you which one because I think that Chrissy would really roll with some of these stories very well. Frank would too. Frank would too. And, um, and yeah, I think this is their first time back in the studio as a married couple. So, anyway, that'll be good. And then on September 14th, that's Thursday, Aurora's birthday. I will be off for that evening. 
will be tending to her, making sure all of her three-year-old dreams come true. Um, and then on Friday, we'll be back on. It'll be a light call-in show, memories, who knows what else. I have some other fun things that we can do. Then we kick off next week with Matt Christensen. Matt Christensen will be on next week. And then we have Nick Hinton is coming back to talk about some really... I, I, I love, you know, Nick Hinton, he came on first to talk about... Um, I don't know. I don't think it was Black Cube. I think it was the fourth dimension or the fifth dimension. Us moving into the fifth dimension and that kind of transition for humanity. And uh, he, he threads a lot about extraterrestrials, paranormal, uh, supernatural. I, I love the kind of stuff that he does. But he's had some really interesting personal shifts. And I want to talk about those things. I want to talk about the break that he needed. And, and uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be pretty relatable that's on september 20th now on the 21st which is my brother's birthday i will be taking off to go hang out at jay gulanello's health retreat in new england i will be off uh, from the seven o'clock show on the 21st that's thursday and friday the 22nd now here's what's going to be interesting I'm bringing my laptop with me. I'm bringing my uh, USB microphone that I don't need in my office anymore at home because that setup is coming along beautifully. In fact, tonight after band practice, especially because I moved my eating window from 9 to 5 and I don't have to eat for the rest of the evening, I'm going to go right home and for, you know, I'll hang out with Lauren for as long as she's awake. When she goes to bed, I'm going into the office and I'm going to be doing some testing. I'm going to be working on the, the video quality. I'm going to be working on the audio quality. And I may be doing that all on, quite frankly, TV. Foxhole. I won't be putting out any notifications. So if you catch it, you catch it. Because it's really just, it's, it's really just about technical stuff. Um, anyway, why I brought that up is because the old microphone is going to be packed away now in my brand new traveling case that I got for my laptop and that will be for me going away. So I think where, whereas I won't be live at seven o'clock on the 21st or the 22nd next week, I think I'll be able to uh, record some stuff, record some stuff and even just upload it after the fact or I, I know Jay wanted me to go and field questions. I don't, I don't know what kind of questions I, it's a health retreat. I guess I can talk about mental health. <laughs> a little bit uh in comedy and the uh the world you know i don't know what, what's going to happen but maybe i'll record a little bit of that and i'll turn it into little mini episodes something that we can keep up with each other so it's i'm glad to i'm really happy that now i have new little batches of technology that have been recategorized for instances like this where on the road but still you know we're not too far apart so we'll we'll figure that out and then on uh sunday September 24th, as I get back from New England, I'll be back earlier on that day, but that Sunday night at 9 p.m., I will be co-hosting with Matt Christensen on his channel, Filling In for Blonde, and I know a lot of you watch this show because of that one time I filled in for Blonde a couple of years ago, so I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping we get to uh, to uh, make a good impression with a lot of new great people and uh, and furthermore join our audiences and be friends and all that i really really love what matt and blonde do and I'm, that's going to be a great night so there you have it and then that next week on the 25th gets kicked off with rich barris what more do you want and that's going to be an nde week we've got the uh the near-death experience stories uh from nurse penny 
Nurse Penny Whitbrote is coming on. That's an incredible story. She told that once months ago on Dark to Light. And then the very next night, we have Dr. Evan Alexander, who uh, published all of his work on the proof of heaven. So uh, this is going to be great. It really is. September is going to finish up strong. October is looking really, really tasty. And I've already started dipping into November. So those are all my excited announcements. Uh, My copy of Mario Puzo's The Godfather came in today. So I hope that everybody signs up as a sponsor, no matter how low the tier is. You can sign up for as little as $2 a month through QuiteFrankly.tv on the Sponsor Us tab. Go get yourself your copy and prepare for a one, a wonderful October of reading with me and Jay Dyer. Now that one, remember, ladies and gentlemen, it's Pulp Fiction. So it's going to be a little bit of sex, a little bit of violence. But if you know how the, the book was put together, what, what Puzo, the kind of people Puzo had to hang out with in Las Vegas, the kind of drama that it caused, uh, the Italian Anti-Defamation League, uh, which was, of course, all run by the mob as well. They're, they're st- I mean, it's just, it, it's a, it really is a historical piece of fiction. Okay, it's a piece of fiction, but it is history. So there's plenty we can talk about, especially since Jay is hot off of all of these interviews and a newfound relationship that he has with uh, Sammy Gravano. So that'll be great. Frank, you always say it's going to be great. Well, isn't it always great? That's my point that I'm trying to make. All righty, all righty do... What do we have for you? Into the grab bag we go. First one up, we're going to spend a little bit extra time in the grab bag because I want to get all this out of the way so we can just do the other stuff. Who is Biden working for? Zero Hedge asks. Administration under fire for illegal reckless cancellation of Alaska oil leases. More pipeline projects are being shuttered. At the same time, as you all know, we are just we're we're, we're just running through all of our um, our petroleum reserves. You know that story that we covered a, a, a little while ago uh, about the, the the pretty big allotment that was sold to China, even. So people are wondering who's Biden working for? What is this all about? Why are we destroying ourselves like this? Of course, they'll say it's environmentalism. But the real question here, I mean, you know, as far as for whom does Biden work? No one. You can't work if you can't function. This is not a real person. This is a a doddering, I don't know, he's, he's, a, he's a patient. He's a mental patient. Well, I wouldn't say mental patient. It's not that he's insane. He's, he's dementia. Listen to this. Um, listen to this mess from yesterday. I guess this was him in Alaska talking about all the things that he did the day after 9-11, even though he didn't do them, and then he goes on rambling about everything else. Listen. I join you on this solemn day to renew our sacred vow. Never forget. Never forget. We never forget. Each of us, each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero in New York I remember st- Godzilla. Godzilla, New York. And Godzilla stepped on New York. It was terrible. I couldn't take the sight of Godzilla. Standing there the next day, 
and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. He he wasn't there the next day. That's the whole point. But he was looking for the gate. He was looking through the gates of hell. After Godzilla trampled on Manhattan. It looked so devastating because the way you could the way from where you could stand. Shanksville, Pennsylvania, the Pentagon in Virginia, Charlottesville. And of course, January 6th, or Sardamardimers. Sardamardimersum. I spent many 9-11s in those hollowed grounds to bear witness and remember those we lost. Every day, but especially the last few days, their memory has been with me. I'm just returning from the G summit, the G20 summit in India where we strengthen America's leadership on the global stage. You know, every day he wakes up and he thinks about the people whose lives were lost on 9-11. Isn't that amazing? Good for him. Good on him. Followed by a historic trip to Vietnam where we transformed our partnership. Okay, anyway. So they, 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 they put him back on whatever drip there is. That was from yesterday. Uh, speaking of Gates of Hell, though, CERN is from the Epoch Times. CERN may shut down the Large Hadron Collider, and other particle accelerators due to the European energy crisis. Damn you, Putin! <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, and of course, there, there's probably no demons left in hell to bring over into our world. That's the real reason why Surin's shutting down. There are just no more demons left. They're all here now. We brought them all over. So, I let's just... What are we going to do? This is useless. The European Organization for Nuclear Research is planning to shut down some of its particle accelerators, including the world's biggest particle accelerator, the Large Hadron Collider. That's it. That's amid the uh, energy crisis in France. CERN, located near the France-Switzerland border, consumes about 200 megawatts of... Wow. Almost a gigawatt of electricity during peak operation. Oh, is megawatts bigger than a gigawatt? Maybe. This is nearly a third of the electricity consumption in Geneva, the second most populated city in Switzerland. Speaking to the Wall Street Journal, Sergei Claudet, chair of CERN's energy management panel said that the organization is drafting a plan to shut down a few of its particle accelerators during the periods of peak demand. So there you have it. That, that, and that must be interesting in Switzerland and France. If, you, if, the, if the lights ever flicker and dim, it's probably because another demon has come through the portal at CERN. <laughs> oh, there it goes again. There it goes again. Another demon. Let's see here. Um, and of course, this is very fitting. As horrifying as it is, and it is horrifying when you think of the, the implications here, that this is the day after September 11th, another September 11th anniversary that we were all discussing a number of things from a number of angles last night. Here is today, September 12th, 2023. Owen Schroyer of InfoWars has been sentenced to 60 days, that's two months, in prison. The DOJ, the Department of Justice, claimed that he helped create January 6th on his program. On his program. Do you understand what that statement means? 
Forget about whether you have a program or not. It's whether or not you ever speak in public. Especially on the internet, on a platform where other people can see you. And then you could be then in furtherance of some kind of a conspiracy. Do you understand what that means? This is from the Post Millennial. On Tuesday, InfoWars host Owen Schroyer was sentenced to 60 days in prison in in relation, I should say, to events on January 6, 2021. According to NBC News, Schroyer told the court during the hearing, quote, I was not a part of any larger plan for illegal activity or violence that day. I know he was there with a bullhorn with Alex Jones telling people not to go into the building. I mean, where were the... I saw that on a live stream 600 miles away up here in New York. Why was it was that live stream admissible in court? How did I see that? And how was that not exonerating enough in itself? Schroyer was sentenced by U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly, who sentenced Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio to 22 years in prison, the longest sentence handed down to any of the over 1,000 January 6th defendants, and Tarrio wasn't even there. Notably, Schroyer did not enter the Capitol building on January 6th, but rather addressed the crowd outside of the building. Because of an, uh, a deferred prosecution agreement Schroyer signed after being arrested in 2019 for interrupting a congressional hearing, he was for, forbidden from using loud, threatening, or abusive language or to engage in any disorderly or disruptive conduct at any place upon the United States Capitol grounds, end quote. Prosecutors saw a 120-day sentence, uh, claimed that uh, Schroyer spread election disinformation paired with violent rhetoric to viewers the months leading up to January 6th. Who cares? For that statement to the prosecutors, who cares? Suck my ass. What are you talking about? Schroyer did not step foot inside the Capitol. He did not need to. Many of those who listened to him did instead. In the aftermath, he had blamed Antifa and told his followers we should have been proud of what happened. Should have been proud of the showing in Washington, D.C. There was about a million people there who all knew that something was wrong with the election results. And it wasn't that they lost and they didn't like it. Okay? There's plenty of elections. Every election up to the 2020 election, there has been a loser. And many times it was people who voted not in line with progressives. What the hell's going on now? The DOJ claimed that Schroyer helped create January 6th. I guess we all did, huh? I guess we all did. If we smelled a rat, I guess we all did. If we thought that the the, the burst pipes and, uh, and, and observing from however many camera angles the types of people that were on the ground on that day or the Ruby Freemans or listening, uh, listening to all of the, the testimony given in the months leading up to January 6th of people who were talking about uh, the, the physical bullying that was being uh, being witnessed and experienced at the polling places. The, uh, the, the tech people that came in to talk about the limitations of the machines that were pumping out results in ridiculous batches that could have never happened. People like Tony Schaefer, who had the actual Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr, call him up and say, uh, uh, cease your pursuit of any of these very, very uh, dubious cross-state, intrastate shippings of ballots 
from to from New York to Pennsylvania, vice versa. I mean, this. I mean, seriously, man. Seriously. He stoked the flames of potential disruption of the certification. Stoking flames. Who cares? Who cares? I could have stoked. Anybody here could have stoked flames from thousands of miles away. If you were in Taiwan stoking the flames of uh, of the U.S., if you paid even poor attention to what was going on in the U.S. around the time of the election, and you concluded that, obviously, even if you didn't like Donald Trump, he was rooked. Is there, is, are we talking about extradition now? Is the DOJ going to try to extradite somebody in Thailand who was, who was seeing and thinking the same way that Schroyer was? I mean, this is this is horrendous. This is even if it was a week in jail, the precedent is horrendous. So again, very fitting that this was the day after another 9/11 anniversary, which uh, uh, kicked off, as we said last night, the war on terror. It kicked off the war on terror, which has now been fully recalibrated to target domestic political dissent. That it is. That is it. I have. I like you have the right to be wrong. And I have the right to be right about things that are controversial. And that's it. I have the right to be wrong and the right to be right. And that's it. Now, if you found me setting fire to a building, of course, it depends on what cause I'm out there setting fire for. It'll be a different result every time. If you found me assaulting someone doing, I mean, that's a crime. But this, this is some Stasi shit right here. And, uh, you know, the FBI spent years setting up loner Muslim boys to justify their counterterrorism budgets. And now this is what it is. This is what it is. They, they needed the, they, they especially needed that Proud Boys scalp because they can't find actual KKK members anywhere. So they needed to find the Proud Boys scalp and turn that into the new KKK. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because it's a little bit of a follow-up to yesterday. Um, and here's one more thing that we will do for the opening. This is a little bit on Ukraine and uh, a follow-up to all of the accusations about Elon Musk being a, um, you know, trying to help the Russians by, by cutting off Starlink services or making it unavailable to certain parts of Eastern Europe or whatever the hell it is. This guy, David Sachs, he put out a, a, a really interesting Twitter post that I think is, uh, regardless of your opinions on Elon Musk, I think it is a good thing to consider. Take a listen to this. David Sachs says, no good deed goes unpunished. Elon Musk is the latest scapegoat for Ukraine's failing counteroffensive. Appearing at the uh, all-in summit yesterday, Elon Musk addressed the controversy that erupted over the past week when an excerpt from Walter Isaacson's new biography of him was released. The excerpt alleged that Elon turned off Starlink access to Crimea in order to prevent a Ukrainian drone attack on the Russian fleet based at uh, Sevastopol. That's last year. Elon had clarified, and Isaacson also acknowledged, that he didn't turn off anything. Starlink had never been activated over Crimea because of U.S. sanctions on Russia. Ukrainian officials asked Elon in late night call to activate it for purposes of launching a highly provocative attack on the Russian fleet. Concerns such an attack would prompt an escalatory, uh, escalatory response, perhaps even a nuclear one. From the Russians, Elon refused the request. He told us that the all-in uh, told us at the all-in summit that had the request come from the White House, he would have honored it. For this, Elon has been called evil by high-level Ukrainian official. 
and treasonous by the usual warmongers here at home. The military blog, 1945, questioned whether he was, quote, fit to run SpaceX, end quote, and whether the company needed to be nationalized. MSNBC's Rachel Maddow claimed Elon was intervening to try to stop Ukraine from winning the war. <laughs> CNN's Jake Tapper called Elon a, quote, capricious billionaire, end quote, who effectively sabotaged a military operation by Ukraine, a U.S. ally, end quote. He demanded to know of his interview subject, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, if there should be any repercussions for Elon's actions. These people are, they are bloodthirsty, bloodthirsty. If you don't, if you don't think that they are going home and pleasing themselves sexually to the idea that Owen Schroyer is going to jail for a couple of months, think again. They're pleasing themselves to the thought here. They are bloodthirsty animals. A baseless frenzy. Let's see here. Tapper, the Tapper's tirade echoed among verbatim. A cranky tweet storm by neocon attack dog David Frum. Oh, I hate that fish face fuck. Sorry. He's got fish lips. Freak. Who, uh, he's a neocon? He's a, he is a so-called conservative? That Frum guy? I, am I thinking about the same person? Anyway, who cares? I hate them all. Who demanded Elon be investigated and stripped of his government contracts. According to Frum, Elon confessed to an abuse of power that thwarted what might have been a decisive military operation to shorten the Russian war against Ukraine. The only thing that is, that is elongating the Russian war is Russia. Not wanting to actually kill civilians. Okay? That's, that, that's, uh, that's what's been... Uh, that's what's been just dragging all this out. There's been no resistance that could not have been steamrolled a long time ago that the Ukrainians have put up, or I should say NATO. Uh, let's see here. So they go on. They go on to talk about this, the purpose of pushing the narrative. I'm just going to jump down to that. And the need, for, the need for a scapegoat. In the wake of such a disappointing, even disastrous results of this counteroffensive, the finger-pointing and blame game have begun. American officials have criticized the Ukrainian military for abandoning the combined arms tactics they supposedly learned during their hurried NATO training, and even for being too casually averse in their willingness to accept losses. Ukrainian officials have chided American officials for unrealistic expectations and for failing to provide all the needed weapons. You can't, doesn't matter what kind of weapons you give, uh, wet behind the ears recruits, it's just not going to work. Especially with every month they have made the, the, the Russians even more uh, capable on the battlefield and, and, and stronger. They've done it. So I, uh, I think that this is a, a very well stated, it goes on for a little bit more, but I'm not going to read this forever. I think it's really, uh, it's something else because... You know, Jason Burmers came on to talk about Starlink and how it was being used, at least over Ukrainian airspace. Now, over Crimea, which is controlled by the Russians and has been for years now, that's something different. But, you know, the, the people here at home, they want, when they want blood, they don't care how many people get in trouble. They don't care how many people are put in the crosshairs. Um, so, you know, little little feather in the cap of Elon Musk there for not going the full way. But it's, uh, it's incredible to see all of the scapegoating. Because, as always, I always wonder, where's it go next? Is this one of those things where they're piling up the, ex the excuses as to why it didn't work out 
and they're going to back away without the false flag to get the nuclear exchange going? Or is that just destined to happen? Because again, um, stopping here and thinking it's all just going to be the same is, is not the case. Because whatever is left behind of old Ukraine must be neutral and must distance itself from NATO. So um, wherever the NATO, wherever the NATO Ukraine border is right now, that is wholly occupied by unfriendly to Russian forces, NATO, the CIA, Mossad, they're all there. So even if they cease firing and saying, okay, you won, there's still the political question of what's going on inside of what's left of those borders. So, um, you're talking about a situation where negotiation has been stopped and stifled from the beginning? Stifled by us? I don't know how this turns around now, but uh, it's always good to keep an eye open. All right, let's start this one off. Little extra grab bag, but just something for your consideration. We'll be right back. I'm a little weenie looking for a bun. Just a teeny weenie, itty bitty one. If I keep on cooking, I'll be overdone. Pickle and onion, hot dog. What was that? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Quietly, and I'm here to. You know, I have another little thing to tell you, because I was just about to welcome everybody, people who are watching on D Live, people who are watching on QuiteFrankly.tv, and Twitch, and Rumble, and Rockfin, and uh, and Theta. Well, Theta, I gotta say, I don't know, I know it's, it's been, we spent a lot of time on there over the last year or so, and we, or a couple, maybe two or three years, and we just started building up a really nice, um, a nice rhythm with the 15 or so people that show up there every night. It used to just be one or two, one or two folks just stretching out in the jacuzzi. Well, Theta is leaving. It's going away. It's, it, I... I thought that it was just moving to a new domain and getting some things switched up. It was going from Theta TV to Theta Drops or whatever the hell it is. 
So I got in touch with them and I was just like, okay, I'm moving over my T-Fuel, I'm moving over all this other stuff. And um, so as far as stream keys, how does that work? And they said, oh, well, um, along with Theta TV, streaming will no longer be available service. I said, what? They're turning Theta into Theta Drop and it's solely going to be an NFT marketplace. And um, I don't know what the hell that shit is. So that's it. Theta's going away. Uh, I within the next, I don't know however long, and that re is really sad because I liked it and it was very stable. I know not a lot of people went and watched things over there, but it was very stable, and um, and I'm I'm sad to see that go soon. But I would invite all of you to start watching on QuiteFrankly.tv. Go right over there, jump into the chat room, and it'll prompt you to register for Foxhole, which only requires an email. And I'd love for you to hang out over there because there's so much more that happens other than the 7 o'clock broadcast. So um, I'd, I'd love to have you. That's what I would say. Don't go away and tell your friends. I also, I also would be um, remiss if I didn't at least acknowledge Aaron Rodgers getting hurt with the the New York Jets last all my I have a lot of New York Jets fan friends uh, here at home and good lord good lord this was such big news in the New York sports world over here the long suffering Jets are like oh uh, oh my god we're instant contenders and you are you are I don't care if he's 39 40 years old you are an instant contender with Aaron Rodgers coming over this can be the year the first time since 69 and then three plays in, his 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 Achilles just goes, and it's it's terrible to watch. Now, I, I the reason why I'm bringing this up is because today the news got out that um, that Colin Kaepernick had his agent get in touch with the Jets to say, "Hey, listen, I'm available. I just I just want a shot." Now, I'm a Cowboys fan, as you all know, a long-suffering Cowboys fan, and yes, the Cowboys did shellack the Giants on Sunday night. 40 to nothing. I wasn't watching because I we were we were making fun of Hallmark films with my family and I can't watch football. I can't watch 8 o'clock football, especially if I'm if I have like a team in the fight. Too much stress. Don't want it. I'll check out the score the next day, if even that. Anywho, I'll pull for the Jets because my grandfather tended to favor them more than others, but you know, Anyway, I was pretty interested in what this, what Aaron Rodgers would be doing in New York, especially since he's one of the more vocal anti-vaccine NFL players. He was also a, he's also a pretty curious guy when it comes to the esoteric and the power of the mind, the power of the spirit. And he was, uh, you know, he, he was doing those long, I don't know, days-long darkness retreats and all that stuff. You remember that we were talking about it last year? Well, I thought it would be just a generally interesting thing to observe that situation with someone like him leading an otherwise bland team that never really had any high hopes for anything and then i hear colin kaepernick had his agent begging the jets for a shot at the position i said to myself wow talk about a bait and switch i don't think it's going to happen but talk about a bait and switch if six months worth of excitement for the arrival of the enlightened aaron Rodgers with his resume of success was suddenly swapped with a dusty self-loathing Marxist loser like Colin Kaepernick. I don't I don't think it's going to happen, but what? That would just be Jets fans' luck. <laughs> that would be. And that's all I had to say on the subject there. Now, as far as Alice Cooper goes, we talked about him losing his makeup sponsor because he 
he, you know, he expressed some very concerning, uh, you know, he expressed concern for this trend of transgenderism and the way that it is, uh, it is, it is remedied. Okay, the surgery, the life-altering, never-going-back kind of choices that are going on, chemicals and everything else. Well, anyway, Alice Cooper was... Re- I don't know where this came from, who's conducting the interview, and how far it went outside of this 1 minute and 41 second clip. But Alice Cooper is asked, and he speaks a little bit on the importance of Jesus Christ in his life. And uh, so, take a listen to this. I think it is, it's really remarkable. Now tell them who Jesus Christ is to you. Well, I mean, you know, it's everything. I mean, you, you know, we're, we're not here without him, you know. Uh, most people I know, young people, think Jesus Christ is a swear word. Yeah. You know, even at, even at Solid Rock, you know, where we have the teenagers down there, right. they have no idea that who Jesus Christ is. Yeah. He's not preached enough, Yeah. you know most written about character of all time yes. in the history. Right. And yet people go out of their way to not believe in him. Why do you think that is? I think it's because they don't want to give up their godship. Oh. Yeah. You know, uh, they want to be, I, I can, I, I'm a good enough, they believe the Hollywood version of, oh, I do more good than bad, yeah. that kind of thing. And I go, why is that? Right. Satan's got you right where he wants you. Yeah. You know, to believe that. Yeah. I said, because I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Right. I said, yeah, those are the truest words ever spoken. And yeah. How can you deny that? Yeah. You know. So as far as I'm concerned, I mean, my life is based on that now. Yeah. It's not based on, I'm rock and roll. It allows me to be a rock and roller. But follow me. Yeah. So my lifestyle is, you know, my wife and I both, uh, it's our lifestyle, our kids. It's a Christian lifestyle. Um, but again, it's the old saying, why should the devil have all the good music? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of Christian rockers out there. Yeah, there are. You know, I just happen to be the most vocal one. <laughs> why should the devil have all the good music? Wow. Damn, I mean, I, listen, I don't know, I, I don't know, I know like my, my Aunt Pam, uh, She's a big Alice Cooper fan, and I, I know all of his radio hits, and I, I haven't really gone too deep into it. And, of course, last time we talked about Alice Cooper is when we were talking with uh, with Zoso Dude over here, looking at his picture they took with, with uh, Alice. And I, so I don't know when, what his personal journey has been, but that was so incredible to listen to. That was pretty incredible to listen to today. And um, I just wanted to share it with you all because uh, that's it. I mean that's that's pretty great. That's pretty that's pretty damn great to hear. You know, it's uh why should the devil have all the good music? Hell yeah. I I I agree. I agree. All right, so I just wanted to put that out and you do with it what you will. So, as for tonight's main topic, here's what I want to do. First things first, because this is going to be thread-based. There's a lot of great things I'm going to be reading on this thread. I wanted to call your attention to a few more threads, and then we're going off into the main topics big time. Here it is. I put a few things out. Number one, tell us a story about yourself. This, is, this may be used for tomorrow. We already got nine responses. 
I took a lot of responses from people in other places and I put them into this thread alone by myself, but there's already other people coming in. This may be used tomorrow with Chrissy Mayer in the studio because I think it'd be a great topic. It's on quitefrankly.tv, the forum section. Right now it's at the top. Tell us a story about yourself that sounds like a lie but is totally true. There is some wild stuff in this already. Get in there. Seriously. Contribute to tomorrow's show. Then we have the lost and found. Okay. Share stories. This is a submission from an audience member. Frank, could you share some stories of losing something and finding it years later? So that's what I want. I want to hear about things that you guys lost, sometimes for years, and found it. Here's another one I added today, hopefully for some time in October. Paranormal paranormal military stories. Are you a military vet? Have you bone-chilling paranormal experiences during active duty, especially in war zones, on foreign soil in general, whatever it is? Paranormal military stories. I would love to hear about that. And then tonight we're doing the deer scene. I have plenty other topics that I have uh, I've yet to put up there, but I don't want to just saturate it. I want to take these one at a time and and um, and 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 work them a little bit differently. Then we're going to go back to some classic topics and all of that. All right. So for those of you joining us tonight, I want to talk a little bit about the deer scene in life and what does that mean? Well, it is based on a chapter from a Stephen King novella called The Body which became the source material for the movie Stand By Me. The deer is the name of the chapter. And at first, almost 10 years ago now, I used this as an example of the differences between the depth of a book versus their movie adaptation. Now, Stand By Me is a classic film unto itself, But it just goes to show what can be lost in translation when you're actually able to explore things in a literary sense, whereas on screen, it turns into a mostly silent 51-second scene. You know, three minutes of reading is 51 seconds, and you just have to take whatever you get from that, that, uh, that point. And I want, to, um, I want to read this to you. Well, I have a, a recording of myself reading it, so I don't have to read it every year. Um, and then we're going to uh, we're gonna get to it because it, it becomes something else at the end. It's more so uh, it, was a, it was an example between books and movie adaptations, and then it became something totally different for this show in a traditional sense. So let's get to that. We'll be right back. Three minutes, and here is the chapter, The Deer. The others slept heavily through the rest of the night. I was sometimes awake and sometimes half asleep. The night was far from silent with the cries of birds and mice and insects, but there were no more screams. Finally, I came awake and realized that something was different. It took a moment or two to know what it was. Although the moon was down, I could see my hands resting on my jeans. My watch said quarter to five. It was dawn. I stood and walked a few yards into the forest. I stretched and began to feel the fear of the night before slide away. It was a good feeling. I climbed up to the bank to the railway tracks and sat on one of the tracks, spinning and catching stones. I was in no hurry to wake the others. The new day felt too good to share. I don't know how long I sat there, watching dawn turn to full morning, watching the sky change from purple to blue. I was about to get up when I looked to my right and saw a deer standing between the tracks not ten yards from me. 
My heart flew up into my throat. I didn't move. I couldn't move. Her eyes weren't brown, but a dark, dusty black. She looked calmly at me. Her head held a little low in what looked like curiosity, seeing a boy with his hair standing up from sleep in jeans and brown shirt, sitting there on the tracks. What I was seeing was a gift, given with a kind of terrible carelessness. We looked at each other for a long time. I think it was a long time. Then she turned and walked off to the other side of the tracks. She found grass and began to eat. I couldn't believe it. She hadn't gone away. She had begun to eat. She didn't look back at me and didn't need to. I was frozen solid. Then the tracks started to shake under my body and seconds later the deer's head came up and turned back toward Castle Rock. She stood there for a moment and then she was gone in three leaps, disappearing into the forest with no sound except one dry branch that cracked like a gun. I sat and looked at the place where she had been until the actual sound of the train came through the stillness. Then I slid back down, back down to the bank where the others were sleeping. The train woke them up. They yawned and scratched. There was some nervous talk about the screaming ghost, as Chris called it, but not much as you might imagine. In daylight, it seemed more foolish than interesting, almost embarrassing, best forgotten. I nearly told them about the deer, but in the end, I didn't. That was one thing I kept to myself. I've never spoken or written about it until just now, today. And I have to tell you that it seems less important when it is written down. But for me, it was the best part of that trip, the cleanest part. And it was a moment I found myself returning to almost helplessly when there was trouble in my life. My first day in the forest in Vietnam, when this guy walked up to me with his hand over his nose, and he took his hand away and there was no nose there because a bullet had taken it off. The time the doctor told us that our son might have a brain infection. The long, crazy weeks before my mother died. I would find my thoughts turning back to that morning. But the most important things are hardest to say. It's hard to make strangers care about the good things in life. That last line... The most important things in life are the hardest to say. It's hard to make the strange. It's hard to make strangers care about the good things in life. Now, that's when that that uh, that's why it's always great for me to be reading because that's where these discussions come up and some of them become traditions. Um, that's where this became a little bit something else for the show, and I have really enjoyed discussing it with this audience. Uh, and every uh, variation of it over the years because there's always new people showing up there's always new generations of arriving and that is the subject of moments in our lives that stand out among the rest of them that we keep coming back to even if they may seem unexceptional or mundane to others you know seeing a deer in the woods isn't really anything uh, spectacular or particularly special but, you know, timing, location, the current conditions of your life, it, that shared moment that you have even with something like a deer, that can be defining in some way. It can be something that becomes almost like an inception-like token that can call you back time and time again and refocus no matter where you are and what's going on. So... um so what I want to do is I'm going to read. I'm going to start opening up. I'm going to open up the lines. What I have here is a Deer Scene Hotline. The Deer Scene Hotline tonight is 914-369-1236. That is specifically for Deer Scenes. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about as I'm going to read from this thread now. 
and get some stuff on the on the record. And then we'll have the, the general line open too. 914-200-0269. You can call in with deer scenes there too. But uh, this will help me find focus on who's calling in on topic. 914-369-1236, the deer scene hotline tonight. All right, so here's what we have. This is from Scoundress. It's what we're starting off with. Said Frank, I grew up in a small, quiet town, blessedly isolated by the Cabinet Mountains of northwestern Montana. It was summer of 1987. I was 12 years old. I had walked the two miles from my house down to the Clark Forest River to go swimming with friends. After several hours of diving off the boat dock, swimming out to the big rock offshore, and just lying around under a hot yellow sun, we noticed it was beginning to rapidly cloud up. We were all pretty free-range kids from about the first grade on, but you knew to get your ass home by dark and whenever there was a thunderstorm brewing. Storms in the summer were not frequent, but when we got them, they were impressive. Well, one was brewing, and it was brewing fast. I quickly dressed, secured my Walkman to my hip, hit play on Master of Puppets, and started my lone trek home. Hell yeah. The boat dock was just past one the uh, one edge of town, my house just past the other. I chose to follow the railroad tracks through town. I made good time and soon entered the forest at its opposite edge. Tall ponderosa pines along both sides of the tracks with wide open sky down the center creates something of a tunnel effect. I was alone with that within that tunnel. Orion began to whisper its slow ascent into my ears. The sky was near black. The wind was raging, trees whipping furiously against its onslaught, and the heavens began rumbling and booming. I have got to play Orion now. This And I just got to see Orion performed by Metallica for the first time in my life I ever got I ever got to see them play that they played it like third or fourth the night that we were there so good let's see it is good oh it's good yes all right here, here let's get back the quietly rising energy the quietly rising energy within that song seemed to be perfectly synchronized with the ever-increasing power of the storm. And that energy, that power, was increasing within and all around me. As the song reached its crescendo, lightning began to flash, a challenge to the darkness, and a torrential rain was unleashed. I was completely immersed. There are not words to describe the absoluteness of the wonder and awe that filled me in that moment. I was invincible, yet somehow simultaneously completely vulnerable and insignificant. When the song ended, the storm raged on, but the intensity of that feeling inside of me was gone. I was, uh, I was desperately, I desperately hit rewind button and waited for the, uh, waited an eternity that would take me back to the beginning. But when I hit play again, the passion did not return. Still, I could not force myself home. Just then, I continued down those tracks until the storm subsided, shocked and awed, contemplating my place in the universe. I was not raised religious, but I, deter I was determined, and I did determine, that could have only been the glimpse at, of God. Not truly seen, but felt. I could still only slightly imagine what it would be like to stand fully in his presence, but I have known for sure from that day that I want to. Every time I hear that song now, I feel a slight resonance of that feeling and cannot help but muse. 
had that just been another of Montana's always awesome storms amplified by an amazing instrumental in the raw intensity that only a thunderstruck youth could manifest? Or had Orion truly been hunting me that day? An angel sent to battle on my behalf. Or perhaps it was just the wild imagination of a child. But truly I say to you, whosoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. First of all, a scoundress. First of all, scoundress. That, that's, you've got to publish that. You've got to send that to some kind of a magazine or something. It's, it's beautiful. And it, that's just so good. That is just so good. It is such a dear scene. You on the train tracks, cutting through the forest, in the storm, with Orion. Oh, man. And it is, it is beautiful. And now here comes Cliff Burton. I wonder what this, this, what this part right here felt like. Just listen to this. We can play. We're not on YouTube tonight. I'm in the rain right now. appreciated this one I appreciated this one thank you so much for opening up with that one scoundre scoundress oh Ryan yeah I'm gonna have to tune up to that later on when I sit on the behind the drum set I'm gonna tune up with that song all right let's move on from there oh man I want to recapture the magic of that good stuff here we go let's see next one up Shane Shane says Frank my uh, my grandfather coached girls softball when I was young I used to hang out with them during practice just being a little punk crazy kid one summer night I must have been about five one of the girls challenged me to a race after I beat her she said oh you are so fast to me I was not fast but I thought I was because a cool teenage girl had said so I spent my entire childhood young adult life thinking I was fast I literally thought I was the fastest person on earth when I was a child I played football thinking I was fast that gave me the confidence to make friends and challenge myself now I'm 40 and a little successful only recently in my late 30s did I realize that I was never fast. For some reason, I think about that summer night quite a bit. The kindness of some random teenage girl in a farming town in Illinois ended up impacting me for life. Now any chance I get, no matter how slow they are, I tell kids they're fast. Wow. Two in a row, man. That is fantastic. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know what you're doing for somebody. You just don't know what you're doing for somebody. I mean, that's how I, I treat little kids no matter what, too. Just I just, I ingratiate a little bit. I, I just, you know, I ask them, I get more questions. You know, I, I get really excited about whatever they're talking about. Whatever they want to show me, whatever kind of trick they want to pull off, I, I'm all for it. And, you know, who knows what kind of fuse you're lighting for them. So, that's great. That gave me, because that's the whole point there. 
played football thinking he was, he was fast, all this stuff. That gave me the confidence to make friends and challenge myself. That goes beyond the race. That goes beyond whatever sports you play anywhere else. It's just a bit of character that was built up in you, a boost that someone gave you. I wonder if Shane ever, you know, if, if Shane knows the girl who, who uh, gassed him up a little bit. See, that's one of those things there. For Shane, that's everything. And perhaps she would see it as something very, uh, very complimentary and awesome as well, that she had that impact on somebody's life. But it also could be that Shane reaches out to her and say, I just want to thank you for that day. And she's like, what? What day? Or I did that? Or, oh, no problem. And she probably thinks, that's stupid. Because, because the most important things in life are hardest to say. And it's hard to make strangers care about the good things in life. And sometimes they just don't get it. Maybe she would. Maybe she would. You don't know. Maybe she would. But uh, I don't know. I think that's great. 914-369-1236. That is the Dear Scene Hotline tonight. And we are just uh, we are airing out the soul. We're shaking it out tonight. Get some of the dust off and feeling good. More feeling good tomorrow as well. Let's take another one. Maria E. Maria says, when my oldest sister was 10 months old, we took her to the zoo. Toward the end of that trip, she had fallen asleep while I was carrying her in my arms. We decided to stop at the gorilla area real quick because there were some babies there. At the moment, there was a mother gorilla holding her baby similar to how I was holding my daughter. For, my go- for a good 10 minutes, we both stood there showing off our young children to each other. It was a special moment overall, but what made it more meaningful to me is that I had just quit a high-paying job that would have led to a rewarding career, but that was demanding of my time and took away from my time with my daughter. Hmm. I left to go for a lower-paying job that was less demanding of my time and meant more time with my daughter. I had another daughter a year later, and now I'm about to have twin boys. That moment with a... (laughs) It's amazing. That moment with a gorilla mom confirmed that putting my children first was what was natural. My husband was able to capture the moment with some photos. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We got it right here. Take a look. Look at that. There's the moment. And you can see you can see the mom in the background cradling and looking down at the, the baby gorilla. That's the moment. They got it on tape. This is a special year of deer scenes already. This is a very special year. Look. Look at that. <laughs> They're showing off their babies to each other. That's amazing. That's a big... That's a big deal. That is. That's wonderful. Let's take a call, shall we? 914-whatever-the-hell. Uh, 602, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi. Uh, this is Jessica Jones. Hello, Jessica. Hi. I do not have a dear story, and I don't want to take up a lot of your time. That's I fine. Heard about, or I just have a thing about Alice Cooper and his religion. Okay. Um. I am in Phoenix, and when I was about 20 years old, I worked at this breakfast restaurant as a waitress. And every Wednesday, Alice Cooper would come in, and 
have Bible study with like a minister or a preacher friend of his. And I got to wait on him a bunch of times and he's the sweetest man, but he used to leave on the ticket after he would pay um, little Bible quotes. And how long and, is this? Is this recently or how many years ago was this? I, I forgot. Oh, this was probably in like 2000. Wow, we're talking. So he was, he. This was already a, a major part of his life twenty three years ago. Then you're saying, yeah, and it was crazy because I mostly, from my age, knew him from Wayne's World. Yeah, That's how I first knew about him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then of course I got to know his songs after that. So I didn't expect at all that that he would be doing that. And um, I remember being surprised at the time, being like, oh, what do you know? Wow, Jessica, I'm glad you got through it. I'm glad you left that with us. That's some. That's really. That's that's a really great uh, little footnote there. Yeah, and I really, really wish I would have saved some of them, but I don't think I did. Oh, I would have definitely saved some of those receipts. I know it's so silly of me. Yeah, you gotta save those receipts. Jeez. Yeah, it's fun. We see him around every now and again. He's just always, always in Arizona, so. Anyway, well, thanks for the call. This was great, and uh, and I hope to hear from you again soon. Great, thanks so much. All right, Je- there's Jessica Jones, everybody. Waited on Alice Cooper every Wednesday for a while, at least as far back as 2000. And that, and he was having restaurant Bible study, huh? The, I, I'm telling you, it just, it just shocked me. Now, I don't think that I don't necessarily. I mean, I come from that rock world. I, I, I'm most comfortable in that world. And I think of Alice Cooper, and I think of you know. I just think how long he's been around, and and um, I just assume that he's either agnostic or a little bit new agey. I, I I just don't I don't know what to assume of people. That was such a surprise and a pleasant one, to be honest. And it's no wonder why he's so firm and forthright with his ideas about you know things that endanger the welfare of children. Now it it makes perfect sense. Uh, let's take a call. Art from New York. Art, it's been a long time. You got a deer scene story for us tonight? Yes, man. Uh, I am ready to hear your voice, brother. A topic, deer scenes, and who's got the guts to bring a subject like that? Only Frank. Oh, boy. Uh, so I will, I will, uh, I'm going to try to, try to be short and not to bother anybody. Uh, let's say that I... I was grew. I, I grew up when I was in my land, uh, my land in my birth country. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I grew up in the in, in the big city, so I was. I took the habit of dealing with animals, uh, domestic animals, and I never had the chance to be uh, close to uh, animals like free in the land. And I had the chance, when I was an adult, as uh, stupid as I could, but as a human being in my innocent uh, view of things surrounding me, I was getting out of the house of my brother, and it was the winter. And here I am face to face with the moose. A moose? Wow. And she was looking at me, and I didn't know what to do. Why? Because I have no relation or had no experience to look in the eyes of uh, 
uh, a free animal in the land or on earth. Well, especially something so massive as well. A moose is massive. Oh my goodness, you took it! He was, he was massive. And the, few, the baby came after, after her. So she was like clearing up like the, maybe like the road anywhere or another. Well, again, in the place where I was, it was like a sort of, not deserted, but like a small village. So that animals, that, 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 that moose, she was the owner of the land, we like it or not, you know. But she was crossing the street for which we human beings use here and there. And she was making sure that she, her baby will follow her in, in one another to be safe. And they was frozen. I didn't know how to react. I didn't want to act stupid, but I was just watching. But she looked at me in the eyes, man. <laughs> and I will never forget that one. And later I shared my, my experience with my sister-in-law, and she said to me, you did the best. You didn't act stupid. Go for forward for, to, to, to talk to her or, you know, reach her or back up or try to, to, to oh, yeah. escape yeah. any, any you know, create any distance. So that is my story about uh, not the deer, but the moose. Oh, yes. You know. Well, it's a, it's a great story. One of those things that obviously you'll always, you'll always remember coming from a place where all you have is domesticated animals and suddenly you're face-to-face with a massive animal that is free out there taking care of not only itself but its family. And you're just, you know, you are uh, the proverbial deer in headlights and you just have to, <laughs> you have to sit there and watch. Thanks for the call, Art. It's great to hear from you again. Where have you been? Uh, I, I believe it or not, I fasted a little bit. They took a fasting on, on the media and the internet for a few months. Good for you. I needed, yeah, I needed that break and it did help me a lot. But uh, still, if you can, can hold a little bit, because I would like to give you a beautiful, 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 um, how may I say this, uh, beautiful uh, th- thing to hear. You wonder... Or I wonder if you remember when I always told, tell you that I miss colors in the sky, the blue sky, and you added one time, you said, and the yellow sun. Hmm. Let me tell you one thing. What I saw on my flight, and I will give it for everybody, whomever you, is going to take a flight, next flight, just look through the windows, especially when there is, or there are clouds in the sky, I saw something beautiful. I saw the yellow sun reflection on the clouds. That thing is going to stay with me forever. Because all I know that the sun is yellow, is not white. And I, have my, I had my confirmation when I saw the reflection of the sun. The reflection was yellow. It was yeah. not white. Well, thank you for reminding us that if you get up high enough, that it's still the same sun, it's still that same warm color, and uh, and you're able to even catch a glimpse a little bit above that 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 reflective screen that they're spraying between us. Um, all all well understood, Art. Thank you for the call. You're welcome, my brother. Enjoy the show, people. That's a great man. Keep doing your job. Thank you so much. Well, I'm glad, to ha- I'm glad to have you back. Enjoy yourself, my friend. And we will be right back. I'm going to take a quick intermission, and then we're going to have more of you, your calls, your thoughts, and, um, and, and you, the things from the thread over here, too. 
to the bottom of the hour. All right, be right back. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite Quite frankly. With Frank! Quite frankly. How dare you? Welcome, welcome. If we had a uh, full two hours, I was going to play a little song and really uh, set the mood and drag that out a little bit more, but we only have uh, 25 minutes left, so I want to get to this. First, let's go to your super chats so I don't lose track of those. Um, first one up on quite frankly superchat.com who is now entered officially entered into the running for the devil in the white city raffle books book right here that i use for the last book club with all my notes and i will inscribe something to you as well run anon empty says frank from what i remember alice cooper's father was a baptist minister I wonder if it's one of those things where, you know, just rebellious teenager going out doing his thing and then comes back to it and has some sort of a personal revelation or if it always has been. I, I can't imagine it's always been that way. But uh, in, in our youth, we're too rebellious, too, too, I'm leaving home and I'm doing all the bad things kind of, I'm, 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 you know, my personal God kind of a thing. Everybody's got that. At least I did. The confidence of youth. The immortality that you think you have. Indestructible. I don't know. Obviously it's in his blood. Just learning it now. Selling the farm says, I'm back. Rock on, Frank. Oh, so good to see Selling the Farm again. 
Larkstar says, follow Alice Cooper tips for a good life. Follow Frank for a happy and good one today. Uh, one day today lifestyle. That's a P.S. If you're not a sponsor, why not? Love you, Frank. Lark, thank you. You know, it's very hard for me to plug the show and and encourage everybody out there. It's a it's a it's a really healthy size audience, but you would be surprised. There's only a, a small percentage, less than one percent of the audience is monthly sponsors. Now, obviously, people give through super chats. They they send me uh, wonderful uh, cards. Uh, there's so much correspondence, and it's not in everybody's ability to to sponsor a show or to contribute to a show. I understand that, but it is the nature of new media. Which is why, if you're going to be successful, you got to at least have a steady, steady flow of plugs to let people know what's going on, what we're up against, and uh, and what is going to be required for future growth. And just a little something would be amazing. And I would love to, I'd love to welcome many of you on as a monthly sponsor through the sponsors page on QuiteFrankly.tv. Little goes an extremely long way. And I thank everybody who's been with me. There's some of you who have sponsored this show for going on, I, I don't know, well over six, seven years now. I don't know. I, I started doing monthly subscription stuff, I think around 2016. And some of you have been with me since then. And I can't express the gratitude. I can't express it. It keeps me humble. And it also keeps me, uh, I, I, I have an enormous amount of weight on my shoulders and I know people say oh Frank you don't need to stress that much and you know the, all the shows we have a lot of fun you have no clue how much responsibility I feel to carry that ball for you guys and gals and to keep upping the production good ideas for new uh, discussions new bookings things like that and it only has to get bigger if we're ever going to compete with the big boys because I believe we are the big boys Maybe the uh, one of the internet's, the internet's best kept secrets, but I believe we are one of the big boys, and with your help, we'll get there, and uh, it'll just happen, and we will we'll manage our own success just well. I thank you all so much, and thank you, Lark. Uh, let me see what else we have. have a couple more here. Uh, PDR111 says, I don't know, Frank. Couldn't find the stream on Pill tonight. Didn't look on PC. Usually send gold pills from my phone. You don't see, I'm looking at people from gold pills right now. I'm looking at those come in right now on quitefrankly.tv. I'm pressing play. Yeah, one of the internet's, the internet's best kept secrets, but I believe we are one. Sounds great. Looks great. Quitefrankly.tv. That's right there. Powered by Foxhole. So, I don't know. I, clear your cookies. I, I don't know. Clear your cash. Jay Britt says, you went deep tonight, Frank. Great show. Oh, these are always amazing episodes. It never relents. Jay Semo says, wow, great show. Let's get back into it. Let's just get back into it. This is from Vesper. Vesper says, we lost dad in 2017. In early November 2021, we lost mom. They had been married for 57 years, and while they had their share of arguments, they were wonderful together and loved each other and my siblings and me to no end. Four days after Mom died, I got into the car to leave the house. There was a cold, blustery rain that morning, and I remember... I remember leaves blowing off the trees and them not being able to hit the ground. Instead, they danced in the wet wind. I always backed into the garage, and on this morning, I got there 
through the door into the house to stay as dry as possible. It was so dark that it felt like night. I started the car and hit the garage door button on the visor. As the door lifted, I was greeted with a scene that I will never forget. There, standing at the end of my 50-foot driveway, there was a buck and a doe. Oh, a buck and a doe. Man, they were perfectly still and just stared at me. I stared back. They would not move, so after a few long minutes, I put the car in drive and let off the brake to slowly come out of the driveway. The deer were not startled at all, but simply began walking up the road. The buck turned to look at me as they walked as if he was beckoning me to follow them. As I did for two long blocks, and they did, so she, she followed them for two long blocks, huh? They turned right and I followed. When they got to a busier street, they both uh, turned to look at me a final time. I stopped the car and I just watched as they bounded across the road and disappeared beyond a bend. I have lived in my residential neighborhood for 20 years and I had never seen a deer on my street. The whole encounter lasted a good 10 to 15 minutes and I never saw another car on the road while it was happening. It was as if the only things in existence were the deer, the wild storm, and me. It was clear to me that it was the spirits of my parents letting me know that they were now together and that even the great storm called life in the great storm called life all is peaceful all is good i'm called back to that moment often that is an incredible i thought i was nervous i was nervous when we started this thread that we were going to peak with the first one with scoundrels and and, and Metallica's Orion. I was nervous we were going to peak with the first story. That has not been the case at all. These have all been wonderful. Uh, here's one from Rev, from Revolution. From Revolution. Rev says this. Background, on July 22nd, 2022, my father shuffled off his mortal coil. The below is a concise synopsis of a longer form story from the eulogy I wrote and delivered at his funeral mass August 1st of 2023. I'm very sorry. Um, very sorry about your loss, your recent loss, and everybody out there. We, it's, that's why we do these shows, because I know we're all going through the same things. Rev says, I recall a particular conversation we had Though not the exact words that led to it. I was probably around 11 or 12, riding shotgun in one of several GMC jimmies he would eventually drive into submission. That's a, that's a hard thing to do. Those things were, were tough. And my dad made some remark or another designed to elicit a response from me. And as soon as I had spoken it, I realized the ruse. I had been set up for a joke at my own expense. A genuinely funny one, as I recall, and I laughed quite heartily about it. My dad laughed along with me before turning slightly more serious, but still jovial, and said, That's good, son. You were able to laugh at yourself. It's important to be able to do that in life. It's a sign of good character. If you can take a joke without getting mad or take yourself too seriously. End quote. It was just two of us in that truck at, a, at the time, and I just remember the feeling after basking in the, internal the, in the internal glow of his sense that I had made him proud. As I grew older, I reflected on this conversation occasionally, but infrequently, though probably far more often this past year, and it helps me remember to remain grounded and to remember him in loving, in a loving, positive context. Rev. Mm-hmm. 
You know, on Friday night, I told you I had a family engagement. And it really was, obviously. I mean, it, it was, and you'll, you'll know why. But what it was was my father, he had, over the last couple of years, starting around 2020, he had been working with a friend of his to adapt a one-man play that he did um, called Pressure Makes Diamonds. And it's, uh, it's very much about all of our, our family. Um, the men, the women, well, all the stuff, his love of show business, just what's going on. It, and it really, it does, it does very nicely immortalize all of our family and it's ridiculous and it's, it's, it's hilarious. And, um, and they finally completed this film and they were able to get it premiered at the local Lowe's movie theater. And it, uh, they had to keep upgrading the, the size of the, of the movie hall. The movie theater it was like a 200 something seat place and it was packed all of our friends and family and local people came out and and you know sitting there in the back i was watching this with anthony and my mother and there's other things going on so lauren couldn't go there i told you there's a lot of things i have to tell you about what happened in the last couple of weeks but um watching that and it the impersonations and the stories of the family and uh, the outlook, the wisdom imparted, dealing with mortality, dealing with your your dreams, your aspirations, and sometimes over time having to temper them, having to pull yourself back to reality and just re- recalibrate your goals. And as you learn more about life and what what's capable of happening, it, it, it's just an it's a, it was really a great time, just for the group setting to be able to observe all that. And, of course, to think back onto the memory of people that many of them I knew, but never in their youth. Um, it just, it's, it's just bringing up the same kind of, same kind of uh, thoughts right now and feelings. A lot of people. And, of course, the passing of the, the, the changing of hands. Being a little kid around big people who are still very young in their respect... And then having your great-grandparents and your grandparents slowly get older and infirmed and pass away and having to deal with that. And then all of a sudden, you realize you are older than your parents were when you first started really conceiving of their height and their age. You're old. I'm older than my parents. I'm older than my parents were. I'm thinking about these certain times now, and and now they are becoming our grandparents' age. They're both they're 69, 70 years old, and it's just it, that that passage is just everything. That perspective there, it's beautiful, it's heart wrenching, and I guess we all, it's what makes these lessons that just baked into everything. Kenny in Cleveland said, in January of 2018, my grand my grandmother passed away after a long, tough battle with some compounding health issues, but her fighting Irish spirit kept her going until the end and allowed her to pass peacefully in her home, thank God. The trials of this ordeal stressful for my family for the preceding months before her death, to say the least. On the day before she died, I was going to visit her on what would be my final visit. Unbeknownst to me at the time, although sometimes you just have that feeling, I know that feeling. 
As my father and I drove down the highway along the shore of Lake Erie with the most uh, with most of the ride filled with com- comfortable silence, we spotted something coming toward us in the sky seemingly out of nowhere. As we looked up, what came clearer into focus was a magnificently beautiful bald eagle flying straight at my car. It came close over my windshield, so close over my windshield, that we can make out the detail in its face. We could even see its eyes and beak. It was the first time I had ever seen a bald eagle in person, or in the wild at least. The eagle had seemed to float over my car in midair for a second as we passed him by and kept driving, and the eagle just kept on flying. My father and I just looked at each other in amazement. It was surreal. The feeling is, and it was indescribable to this day. I think most people understand the feeling of knowing someone close to them is on the brink of crossing over into the other side, and the weight that carries, and this was almost a reassuring spiritual experience, we still talk about that moment to this day, the epitome of a dear scene to me. Yeah. Really nice. Uh, let's see. Um, here we go. Oh, here's one from, uh, from... What's this? I think this is from... Lindsay. Lindsay sent this one in. And then I'll take some more calls. 914, we're coming up on the end, last 10 minutes. Really great show. I needed this. I hope that you did too. Even if you didn't know it, 914-369-1236. That is the Dear Scene Hotline or 914-200-0269 if you dare bother us with anything else at this point. I mean, what's the point? You going to call in talk about Joe Biden? <laughs> so call whatever the line you want and uh, there's more than one ways to get on. Frank, I have something I could really qualify as a Dear Scene moment. On Thursday in late November of 2021, I had a debilitating lower abdominal cramps, took pregnancy tests at the OB's office on my lunch break from work and confirmed I was four weeks pregnant. Because it was so early, there was no way to know whether or not something was wrong, such as an ectopic pregnancy. Tom and I were not trying to conceive, but we weren't really trying to prevent it either. So we were beyond excited, but also worried sick that this pregnancy would be devastatingly ripped from us. The next day, we had a weekend trip planned for Lake Cumberland to stay in the cabin and go hiking. I was writhing in pain during the three-hour drive and even had to let out my first fart in front of Tom. Lots of laughing and crying in that car, <laughs> in that car, as you can imagine. With our minds whirling and hearts racing, we decided to take a hike to Dog Slaughter Falls. Dog Slaughter Falls, huh? Romantic. Movement seemed to help my dull pain, so we set out on the trail. We found the hills. We found the falls. Tom climbed down to set up his camera, and I rested on a big boulder facing the waterfall. As I sat alone, I had, ima- I had imagined, uh, or I was, uh, I had imagined our family playing in a garden, chasing chickens, and me in an apron making weekday breakfast for our kids. I snapped out of it because I already had high hopes and did not want to set myself up for an even harder crash if we were to lose the baby. Plus, we lived in a subdivision and I worked uh, in a corporate job, so those images seemed quite far-fetched. Tom took a photo that I've attached to the email, climbed back up to the boulder, and sat with me in silence for what felt like 30 minutes. Fast forward nearly two years, and we have a beautiful one-year-old daughter named Maggie, a flourishing garden. Hell yeah. Thanks to electroculture, she says. 
although I have something to share with you. I have something else to share with you, uh, Lindsay. A flourishing garden, a flock of eight chickens. I quit my job to stay home with her and make bre breakfast every morning. That moment on the boulder will remain one of the most memorable moments of my life. Lindsay, here it is. I hope you can see it. Let me see if I can zoom in a little bit more. No, I cannot. But uh, Lindsay is... Lindsay. Oh, oh, well, we can. There she is. Lindsay is right there. On the boulder. Thinking about all the things she has today. I. It's really incredible that some of you guys have actually been able to capture these moments. Whether you knew that they, they were the moment at the time. Or only through reflection do you realize how that was it. It's just um, a, a great thing. Now, I have a call. Let's take a call on that. 507, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Frank, it's Sam. Hey, Sam, how you doing? How are you doing? Doing well. What's okay. on your mind? Well, I didn't write, I wasn't quick enough to write down the other number for the deer scene. So That's fine. I called this one because I had it in my phone. <laughs> I'm glad that we got mm. you. Yes. Um, I have a story. It's what I call my butterfly scene, which is kind of like the deer scene. Um, it was a month after I had brain surgery, and um, there was something wrong, so they had to do a um, another procedure on me that um, produced a spinal fluid leak. If you know anything about spinal fluid leaks, they're horrible. Mm. You get you you can't you have to lay flat. Uh, you can't get up. If you lift your head up just for an inch, it, your head just feels like it's going to explode. So my parents took my two boys. They were eight months and two years old. And my husband had to go to work. So here I am laying on the middle of the living room floor on a mattress for seven days because I had this spinal fluid leak. And I was just so depressed and down and pity party and everything else. And I just closed my eyes and I said, Lord, can you just show me that you're here? I just need something, something to just keep me going. And I, I fell asleep for a little bit. And when I woke up, the only thing I could see from my mattress on the floor was just outside the window we had, there was a tall bush and it was covered with it had to have been over a hundred monarch butterflies Whoa. right in front of that one window wow and i was like i was like oh lord thank you you know all these butterflies and then my husband got home from work that night and he brought the mail in and i had gotten so many letters from friends who have gone through this before and five of them had monarch butterflies on the front of the cards so i was like that's just oh this is a, this is this is amazing you know it's it, amazing it's, it's just that you know it's one thing to wake up and oh i had a butterfly sitting you know uh perched on my on my toe as it had stuck out on the other side of the mattress and you know it, it had come through the front window or whatever but the fact that there are so many in one place 
Uh, I mean, that's 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 very unless, of course, they're all breeding somewhere near you. I mean, if we see, I might see one or two monarchs a summer. The fact that you had right. that many in one place is really remarkable, at least for me. And my husband, when he got home, I said, "I said, honey, you need to go take a picture of these butterflies." And um, he goes, "Well, there's like a bunch of people outside already taking pictures because they've never." seen anything like this before like all the neighbors noticed hmm. that this bush had hundreds of butterflies and they were taking pictures he goes but i'll go take some pictures of it but it was just funny that when he brought the mail there were four cards also with monarch butterflies on it and it just it it, it was so amazing it was just like thank you thank you for that sign thank you for letting me know that you're there thank you for letting me know i'm gonna make it i'm I, I can get through this now. That's a wonderful that's a wonderful story, and I thank you for for coming through on that one. And man, oh man, and I'm glad you're feeling a lot better these days. Oh yeah, definitely. All righty. <laughs> thank you so much. Love yeah. your show, Frank. Thank you for contributing. It's great to have you on, my friend. All right, man. I mean, uh, so much, so 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 much. Um. Well, where do we go from there? Because I'm looking at this. It's eight twenty-seven, and I've got to wrap up. I've got to wrap up. But it's it's been so good. It's just really been so incredible, and I'd like to uh, I'd like to go to. Let me just make sure I get all the 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 rants and all that stuff out of the way. And that I don't miss any. Jay Semo, we did that before. Thank you again, Jay. You're the man. Fred Awakening says, fun fact regarding Alice Cooper. He was raised Mormon. Dad was a minister for a church of Latter-day Saints. Also, he's part Sioux Indian. The dad was a minister for the uh, Mormons? Somebody just said Baptist. Okay, now we're getting now we're getting our Alice Cooper stories all screwy. I'm just going to be okay and happy with what I saw today. And uh, and and take that take that with a grain of grain of whatever. Uh, CFD Grunt is now a monthly subscriber on Rumble. Wow! Thank you so much, CFD. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate it. My oh my. Um. All right, let's do a couple more of these threats. Maybe one more. I gotta get. Uh, hold on. Now everything is freezing up on me. I can't wait to do all the upgrades this weekend. It's going to be so good. It was going to be. It's going to be so good. Here is one from Smalls. Smalls says, "This is my dear moment. When I was 21, I was a single mother living in an apartment with my one-year-old daughter. I was in the beginnings of a very bad, the very bad relationship and very bumpy, rough life that went on to last 12 years." I finally escaped. Fast forward about 10 years later, owner of my own carpet cleaning business, I got a phone call. An apartment needed some carpets cleaned. I walked into my old apartment. While there, I went into the bathroom and looked in the same exact mirror that I, that was there 20 years prior. Very surreal moment, rush of emotions. My first thought was that what would I tell my 21-year-old self that I felt staring back at me? What would I change? absolutely nothing everything i went through made me the strong woman i am today needless to say 
there were tears, but an overwhelming feeling of relief and happiness of my hills and valleys, peaks and valleys of life, knowing that I would end up okay. Wow. And there is a, a situation where the deer is a mirror. And that is quite profound imagery, too. To be a young mother, to be in a bad relationship, to know that you're in something that you're, you need a change. You have to get out there and you have to change things up. You have to change tracks. You have to change the frequency. And to go out there and turn it around and start your own business and to be called back on the other end of all of that to do a job at the old apartment that used to be a little bit more like a prison cell and to look into that mirror in the future, that it's really something else because you know in the past, when was the last time she looked into that mirror before she left? And to know that the next time she would step in front of that mirror, it would be so much, I mean, that, that's a, uh, that's another one. That's another one that kind of like, I don't know, it's magic. The magic of life, the passage of time. I start thinking about Ray Bradbury again. I start thinking about the Ray Bradbury quote about, about time. Where is it again? I think we put it up on the Telegram last night. Quite frankly, Telegram has been alive and kicking because uh, John Carroll has been helping me keep it nice and uh, lively. So it's been good. Here it is, Ray Bradbury, quote from the Martian Chronicles. There was a smell of time in the air. In the time, uh, smell of time, uh, smell of time in the air tonight. He smiled and turned the fancy in mind. There was a thought: What did time smell like? Like dust and clocks and people. If you wondered what time sounded like, it sounded like water running in a dark cave and voices crying and dirt dropping down upon hollow box lids and rain. And going further, what did time look like? Time looked like snow dropping silently in a black room or looked like a silent film in an ancient theater. 100 billion faces falling like those New Year's balloons down and down into nothing. That was how time smelled and looked and sounded. And tonight, Tomas shoved a hand into the wind outside the truck. Tonight, you could almost taste the time. That's what I felt like That's what, when I do this work. Um, when I work around a lot of my personal archives, my family, the letters, I draw a lot of, a lot of uh, inspiration from relics of my family. Uh, letters that they wrote to me for any number of occasions, pictures, endless videotape from generations that I never even really experienced. I feel like I know them. What I had experienced in the, uh, the, the, the premiere of my father's film over the weekend, there's a lot. There's a lot like that. I think that we're, I think that we're, crossing, we're crossing over into so many different places. So many different places. Wonderful. Uh, let's see. That's, um, that's all we have for tonight. Because I have a lot of lofty ideas of what I can do for the rest of the evening, including some more technical testing at home so that we can do, uh, extra programming, weekend programming, things like that from a brand new spanking theater there. And, uh, or I should say studio, but it's like a theater. It's all theater. I'm glad you were here. Um, over on quite frankly superchat.com we have stickman who says when I was a little boy before seatbelts I stood in the back seat of my grandfather's car and uh, grandmother's car 
and hugged her from behind and said, when I get big like you, I'm going to take care of you. That day came to pass. I miss her to this day. Wonderful. Yeah. Taking care of the people who took care of you. You want to talk about a wake-up moment. Those are the things you got to keep with you. Um, Friggin' Personhead says, You ever play the Halo games? If you get lost and enmeshed in video game worlds, I always imagine myself inside the world of Skyrim. I have never played Skyrim. I never played Halo. Um, but I, I, you know, I play video games. I haven't played a lot lately, but I would like to. Like, I, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll play a little bit of, you know, baseball. I'll play, a, if, I, if I have a really good day and it's like 11 o'clock and I, I got 40 minutes and I already read a little bit and whatever, I'll play a baseball game or something like that. I got to get a first-person shooter again and uh, drive myself nuts. But thank you so much to everybody over there and thank you again to all my friends on Rumble. You've been great. You've been great to me. You've been great to me. And uh, and on quitefrankly.tv, you never know. I might just pop up over there tonight to do some testing. So keep your eyes open. Thank you, Delona. Thank you, Sean Joe, Robert Sarns, Witchy Poo, uh, uh, Enigma Toyd, or Enigma Told. We need to hear more about Christian rockers. River Pike says, I saw a massive buck in the woods. It was a foggy evening. I followed it, and it paid me no mind. It was awesome. Paulie9363, tell PDR111 to smoke secret nature instead of that Illinois homegrown. Well, I mean, go hang out. Do your thing. Whatever. I don't know what PDR, PDR is out there talking about. Some kind of... I don't know. Well, anyway, there you go, PDR. <laughs> a message from Paulie. And thank you again, C. Blanche. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been wonderful to me. Thank you for the uh, short show. It'll be a great one tomorrow when Chrissy Mayer is in studio. And we'll hang out and have a good time. And then, uh, yeah, keep pushing on through the week. Talk to you soon. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatters, starting with Freight Awakening. And to all of our other friends, Selling the Farm, and Jay Semo, and PDR111, and who else am I missing over here? Oh, Lark Star. Lark. And Diary said Jay Semo, so I think I'm up to date with that. Thank you to Stickman, Friggin' Personhead, Jay Brits, Running On Empty. And thank you all, that's it. Good night. I'll see you later. And get on to Quite Frankly Forum and contribute to all of the new forum topics, including this one. I will leave this up for the rest of the night and maybe the rest of the week because it is really a magical thread. And I, I don't remember a more powerful year so far. And they've all been good. Good night, everybody. Become a sponsor. Just a little bit of a reminder, a word to the wise, if you will. Do not worry about the worries from yesterday. Leave it in the past. Move forward with confidence because there are so many new things to be experienced today. New joy to be had. 
So move forward, be strong, and have a great rest of your day. So move forward.